Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And if you're one of those people that needs encouragement, inspiration, support to get your ideas up and out of the world, we've got a great guest for you today. Welcome, Nikki Nash. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's so great to be talking to you. And Nikki is a Hay House author. She is also the host of a great podcast called Market Your Genius. And that's the name of your new book, isn't it, Nikki? Market Your Genius. How exciting to get the book up and launched. Yes, it was so exciting and I'm so proud of it. So wonderful things happening. Absolutely. So many people, and I'm sure the readers of this book are saying, you know, I've got a lot of expertise. I've got a lot of ideas. I've got a lot of experience. I got to get my story out, but maybe they're not thinking about that. That's a marketing tool or a way to elevate their status. How do you view that? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I speak to people all the time, whether they're in a full-time job or they've created their own business who want to be seen as the go-to expert, whether it's for career mobility or it's to sell more products or things like that. And when you're able to put your knowledge and expertise into something, whether it's a book or a podcast or a YouTube channel or something along those lines, and some may be free and some may be paid, you're essentially sharing with others why you're so magic and and showing them that you know a lot about a topic. And it's one of many ways that you can position yourself as an expert, but it's one of the greatest things. And so when people are like, oh, how's the book selling? I'm like, shoot, if I didn't have a book deal, I just give them away for free to everybody and their mother, because to me, it's a marketing tool. It's like, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it, even though people pay for the book. It's for me a way to say, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm an expert in this industry. And if you read this and like this and are like, Whoa, this person's really cool. You are more likely to sign up for another product or service that I have. And maybe Nikki, a lot of people think, Oh, well, everybody has a book, but everybody doesn't have a book, do they? No. In fact, I've said I was going to write a book since I was probably 11 years old. So it's like decades of not writing a book, thinking about it. And more people fit into that camp than the camp of actually writing a book, even though book production has dramatically increased. Um, So way more people are writing and publishing books than they were maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago. But still, when you look at the bigger picture, not a lot of people are actually taking the time to bring a book into the world. And as you said, does that help differentiate you from the other people that maybe haven't published their story or their techniques or their methods? Yeah, absolutely. And even if somebody in your competitive landscape has a book, your book will be different. You know, I wrote a marketing book. I can't say that it's the first marketing book to ever exist on the planet, right? Especially because it's for entrepreneurs. No, but I wrote it in such a way that's very me. People who love it are like, wow, this is such a cool way of writing the book because it's almost like I'm, um, you know how (laughs) if a parent wants their child to take medicine or something healthy for them, sometimes they wrap it in something (laughs) else, right? Like, I feel like I did that. Not, Not like that was my thinking going through this. I just 
wrote the way that I like to teach, but it's, I use stories and analogies and it can be entertaining. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that's the point. And now I have homework. Boom. <laughs> like, she just gave me a lesson. Yeah. It's like, she just gave me a lesson here. I thought I was reading something kind of funny. Well, thinking about your process and as a Hay House author, how did that come about? And what was the process to get your book developed, written, published, and out into the world? Oh my goodness. That is so much, so much <laughs> put into this. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, if I knew everything that went into writing a book before I wrote the book, I might not have wanted to write it anymore. I actually doubt that. I still probably would have, but I it might've taken me way longer because you know, you get overwhelmed with a whole lot that you have to do. Um, but to share really quickly the story of how it even came to be, for anyone who's familiar with Brendan Bouchard, he's a high performance coach, um, personality, etc. And he had an event called High Performance Academy and a course. And I think I, I know I purchased the course first and also was able to attend the event. And this was back in 2018. And I watched one video from that course. Shout out to anybody who's purchased courses and have not finished the course. And watched but one video. Yes, watched exactly. one video. However, <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of people, but I'm I'm maybe like that one percent or the small percent that gets a life-changing experience from the one video that they watched, right? And so in this video, Brendan essentially said, this is not his exact words by any means. It's how my brain processed what he said. But it felt like he said to me, you know what, Nikki? If I look at your calendar and I can't tell what your goals are, then they're not happening. Like that's essentially what I heard. That's not literally mm -hmm. what he said, mm -hmm. but I was just like, ah, oh, crap. If my goals aren't explicit on my calendar and you can't tell by the actions I'm taking that I'm moving towards something specific, they're never gonna happen. And I've had write a book on my list, as I mentioned earlier, for decades. And I'm not even joking. Like I loved, I used to write poetry as a kid. I used to submit them into little publications. I loved writing. I was an English major. You know, um, I studied English and did a lot of journalism um, internships. I thought I was going to produce content for a living and write a book. That's always been my dream. And I'm like, ah, man, this is never going to happen unless I start putting stuff on my calendar. So it's like, I hit stop on the video and I started putting things on my calendar, like research, how to get a book deal right. start. Um, I found an article because I knew I wanted to be published by Hay House. Um, Brendan is actually a Hay House author. Um, there are a number of Hay House authors that I just said, you know, I love a lot of the work that they're bringing into the world. And that it would be really cool if they were my book publisher. And so I started Googling and searching and researching. And I really believe that the universe or the world or whatever you believe in does something interesting when you set an intention, because suddenly I met all these people who had book deals and I don't know if they were always there and I just didn't know <laughs> and, or didn't notice it, but suddenly everybody and their mother who I knew or had a connection with had a book deal. And so I got to ask them a ton of questions. Um, I did a lot of research and long story short, I discovered that there was the main way that most people get book deals, which is to have like a ridiculous amount of followers on social media and on your email list. And I'm talking anywhere from 50,000 to hundred thousand to 200,000, depending on the type of book that you're trying to write. And I said, Hmm, well, that wasn't where I was in 2018. So I was like, that's not going to happen because I have a book in me and it's coming out. And then I found this article that said, I went to a Hay House event and they allowed me to submit 
a manuscript or not a manuscript, a book proposal without an agent. And that's how I got my book deal. And I said, interesting, because on t- the normal path is you have all those followers and then you pitch yourself to an agent mm-hmm. and then hopefully an agent, an agent will choose you. And then the agent pitches you to book publishers and then hopefully a book publisher wants you. And I was just like, Whew, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not me. So long story short, I put attend the Hay House event on my calendar. I purchased a ticket and I went to that event fully confident that I was getting a book deal, like just in my soul, in my mind, I was just like, this is my path. I am getting a book deal. And lo and behold, they choose one person from that event to get a book deal. And that one person was me. And I, there were like probably hundreds of people at this event. And I'm just like, I cool. That. Yes. So that was my path. I um, love that story. It, it does work that way sometimes, doesn't it? And I love what you said about, I mean, just the technique. And if listeners want to uh, hit the rewind here and go back to this, if you have a goal and it's not obvious uh, looking at your calendar that that's your goal, I mean, there's an action step that we can take right there, isn't it? Yeah. And it's so simple. And it's one of those things where I used to go, oh yeah, my calendar. Oh, I have some space. I'm definitely going to do this thing during that space, right? reality check. First of all, whatever thing I decided I was going to do in the space, if I didn't put on my calendar, I usually forgot anyway to the space that I put on my calendar was usually never enough. Like I always <laughs> underestimate how long Without it takes one me to hour. do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so going to get a book deal with this one hour block of time on my yeah. calendar. On That's a Thursday exactly afternoon, how it works. Let's yeah. nail that. Yeah. Winning. That's exactly how it's going to work. Yeah. That's, that's usually not how it works. So um, really putting in the time and dedicating and getting laser focused on something is, is really how it happened. And um, same with writing the book. It took a lot of laser focus because there are so many things. And when you think about it, pick up a book and you're like, hmm, there's messaging on the front cover and on the back cover and on the inside cover. And it's not just the book. There are all these other pages. It's like acknowledgments and, you know, just little things that you don't think about. And all of that requires somebody to write it, somebody to edit it, somebody to review it. Uh, oftentimes as the author, you are doing all of those things with editors and you know, you have support, yes. but you still have to have the final stamp of approval and say, yes, this is exactly what I intended to say. Thank you for cleaning it up mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. So, well, and you bring up a good point I wanted to ask you about, and that is, you know, it, oftentimes we creatives are, you know, and especially authors think, well, I have to do all this myself, write it, edit it, like you just said, figure out how to get it. But what about the collaborators? What about the supporters, the supporting cast around you? Yeah. You know, it's like a movie. A movie doesn't happen with one actor, you know, it's just doesn't. And so you have so much support. And so for me, um, I saw creating this book, even though I wrote every word in the book, I didn't do it alone by any means. And so starting from the fact that I procrastinated writing my book proposal for probably a year, maybe a little bit longer than a year. <laughs> like I was like, I'm so going to write this thing. And I had a deadline. The pandemic delayed my deadline, which real talk helped me a little bit because I was never going to meet that deadline based on how much I was procrastinating. And so one of the things I did, and I got this from a podcast I was listening to is I created a focus group and I asked 80 people, many of which who were strangers that I found on Facebook, if I sent them a chapter a week, if they would 
and it would be a Google doc. If they would just leave a comment that was like, Hey, yeah, this resonated with me. Actually, can you clarify this more? I don't get it. And then I asked them to fill out a survey. And if it wasn't for those folks, those amazing people, this book probably wouldn't have come out the way it did because it gave me a number of things. One, it gave me the accountability and real talk pressure I needed to actually produce because I am, um, instead of blaming myself for being a procrastinator, I decided to use procrastination to my advantage. And so while I t said I was writing a chapter a week, I wrote that chapter usually the night before it was due to all those people, but I didn't write an entire book the night before. Right. So it, well, it exactly. It allowed me to space that yeah. out. But you and did then, draw on your inner junior high school student to write it the night before. <laughs> I would like to say it was junior high school. I was an English major in college. I was writing papers the night before yeah. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it did not end there. There you go. Yeah, but it, it really helped and it gave me the confidence and it, it, their feedback was invaluable because if I shared something and I knew that I didn't explain it clearly enough, I'm like, all right, well, maybe I need a story here or maybe I need... Um, something else here or a diagram or something to express what I mean. And so that was a support. And then I had my editor, Lisa, who I love. Lisa worked with my craziness because I have a very creative mind and my, I like to call it organized chaos in which I think in a real logical sense or how relationships with other editors probably work typically is that you write a couple of chapters or you write a chapter and then your editor kind of looks at it and helps you come up with a structure so you can write every chapter with a similar structure, right? That makes sense. That's not how I work. And shout out to her for working with me. Cause I'm like, Lisa, I have to, I know you probably want me to have an outline and to write this book in a logical way. And then you edit along the way, but I'm like, I actually need to write this entire book and then organize it <laughs> and then give it to you. Yeah. It's not going to flow the way you think it is. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I promise you something will be great. She was so funny. She was so shocked when she got my first manuscript. She's like, this is good. And it looks like a real book. I was like, yeah. Cause I know what you saw initially probably scared you, but I promised you that I could make it. A I book. told you I, just, I would do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I've written enough to know that I can do it. I just need all of the thoughts out of my head and on paper before I can organize it. So I write in this somewhat chaotic way. <laughs> it's organized chaos. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know that, uh, you know, we creatives like to hear other people's process. First of all, like you said, we're not alone. Uh, we've all done it, but uh, also, yeah, to learn from it. But I wanted to turn the page a little bit, uh, if I could, to the content of the book. I, I love the, well, Market Your Genius, first of all, great title. But, but even the subhead has this idea of attracting dream clients. Yeah. Tell us about that part of the story. Yes. So for me, when I started my business, you know, I took on clients and customers because I had a skill set and people had a need for it. And they said, Hey, we will pay you money for it. And I was like, great. But really early in my business, the first iteration of my business, and this was back in 2016, what I realized is that I basically created a full-time job for myself, like <laughs> essentially with a bunch of different clients, as opposed to being a business owner and having a business or even building a personal brand and monetizing that, I felt like I was just in-house at a bunch of different companies, which is what I quit my job for in the first place. Right. Interesting. And so I think 
having the, the challenge for me was that I wasn't crystal clear on what I wanted to offer, who I wanted to offer it to and what that looks like. Right. And so I think that everybody has their own version of a dream client, somebody who is your almost ideal match from a business perspective. It's like, I love offering you my products and services. You keep buying, you're happy. I'm happy. This is working. We're flowing, whether it's a service or a product, it's just a win-win. And so getting crystal clear on who that person is and what your non-negotiables are. It's oddly, I use a lot of dating analogies in this book, but it does feel a lot like dating because, you know, I'm, if you want kids and somebody you're interested in does not want kids and you're both adamant about that, I'm not seeing a necessarily off the, at the surface, a win-win here, right? This may not be your dream partner. Exactly. (laughs) And so you have to get clear on what your dream client looks like so that you can go out and um, one, find them, but also attract them. Because if you know what they're dealing with and who they are and what they're going through, and you know your solution will help them with that, then you can speak directly to what they're specifically going through and what their specific pain points are. And if you keep talking about it and you keep sharing how you have the solution and you keep positioning yourself as an expert and you keep giving them you know, little wins, advice that helps them you know, say, oh, wow, you give me this one little tip and it helped me tremendously. I know I have a far way to go, but now I trust you and I want to work with you. Well, now you're, you're in a good place versus going, oh, you have money. Sure. Hand it to me. And then you're miserable and nobody's happy because sooner or later, when you're miserable, that starts seeping into your work and rubbing off on your clients. And then they're not happy. They're like, "Eh, I don't know if this is working. Mm -hmm. It's only transactional. They're paying you, you're taking the money, but nobody's having fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what about marketing, both the book and your own consultancy? Uh, You know, you you have these great uh, cases and trainings about how to get our work out there. I even love the 101 content prompts. You know, what do I write about today? I have no idea. Where do I start? But uh, what are some of the things that you're doing in addition to coming on podcasts? And you have your own great podcast, but what are some of the things you're doing to get the word out? Yeah. So, um, I'll walk you through it, but I'll also give a tidbit. So what inside the book, I I talk about this thing called OPP. Yes. Musical reference. Enjoy, but it stands for organic paid and partner ships. Right. And OPP are essentially the three main ways that people get in front of their audience. Right. So organic could be, for example, social media marketing, It could be content marketing and you're literally showing up organically on people's search engines. Like you may constantly talk about graphic design, but, or just design in general from a very specific, uh, angle using words that, you know, your dream customer is typing into Google all the time and you're constantly showing up. So you could organically get in front of your audience. You can pay to get in front of your audience and run advertisements on places, you know, that they're going to show up and you can partner with other people. And that's what I would consider this, where it's like, Hey, I'm going to show up in your community to your community of people and share my knowledge and expertise there. Right. And so most people start with one. They, a lot of people start organically. Um, and a lot of people also start with partnerships if they are a little bit savvier and they're like, huh, or they accidentally start with partnerships. They go, oh, I found a friend who has a group of people and they referred me and they're like, oh, this is great. Um, and then people are very familiar with paid. And so right now for me with my business, it's a combination of those three. 
it's, um, I produce a lot of content, um, with the podcasts and we turn all blog, uh, podcasts into blog posts and things like that so that we can increase our searchability and that we show up on search more. Um, I also organically show up on social media. I started my business doing a lot of lives. Um, so I would just go live on Instagram and Facebook. I started with Facebook. This was, um, a number of years ago. And then, so that's organic paid. We started running ads for the business as well. Um, and then partnerships. So a lot of podcasting, I speak, uh, inside other people's communities. If they have a, um, membership or if they have a group program or things like that, I'll come be an expert guest. And so those are the main ways I do it, um, for the business, uh, for the book, it's a lot of one of the, if for anybody who wants to write a book, particularly a nonfiction book, um, word of mouth is really, and I think that's for books in general, but word of mouth is the best. And so to stimulate word of mouth, um, it's a lot of me, I'll just go live on social media and read snippets from the book. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'll read a little bit. I'll talk about how that came to be. I'll give a tip. And I'm like, Hey, you want more? It's all inside this book that I just read to you. Please go read it and buy it. Yes. Um, so there's that. And a lot of speaking in other people's communities and we are running some ads on Amazon, but primarily we're just looking to stimulate word of mouth. So one, write a really good book or a book that you believe is really good so that people want to talk about it and two, and encourage people to share it with their friends if they love it. And so I always say, Hey, if you love this, please tell a friend about it. I had somebody who read, I think two or three chapters and then bought eight copies for other okay. people. Like, okay. they're like, this is so good. I'm like, you're, you're like barely a third of the way into the book. And I love you because whatever yes. I did in that first third of the book was strong enough for you to buy a bunch of copies and share it with your community. That's so good. Well, I think you've touched on something else about putting yourself in a place where you can make those partnership connections or where you can be a part of new communities. I think about even us, Nikki, I think we probably met literally over a year ago, but little by little, we've shared friends, we've shared connections. And finally, now here we are together on a podcast. So, I mean, you know, you got to put yourself out there in these places too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, how I got into even just speaking and, and being a part of other people's community, it goes back to that concept I mentioned earlier around intention and focus similar to landing the book deal. I decided one day I said, I want to speak on stages. I want to speak on other people's communities. This was pre pandemic. And interestingly enough, what happened is I said that. And then the next week I booked myself on two speaking gigs by going to a conference and just meeting really great people. And it, it happened in the weirdest way. It was like, there was this events that somebody was putting on before the conference just to network and get to know each other. I wasn't going to go. They were sold out of tickets. Somebody dropped out. I ended up needing a place to stay. The person who I was going to stay with was running the event. She let me buy the last ticket because somebody dropped out. And then I met two people at that event who hired, who um, invited me to speak. And so things happen in a weird way. You can't control that. But if you set the intention, magic starts to happen. And opportunities start to reveal themselves to you, but you have to set that intention and be focused. And so that led me to go, wow, they keep bringing me back to speak. I better have something. And I started a podcast. And next thing you know, I'm like, great, now I'm meeting people. And that opens a whole nother set of doors as well. So intention is so important. Well, lots of lessons to take from all that, isn't there? 
I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, you're also going to love Nikki's podcast. It's called Market Your Genius. And uh, for all the five-star ratings you can imagine, you know, amazing content. Uh, somebody says inspiration, insight, and ingenuity. Another review says lightning, sharp insight. So it's good stuff. It's worth a listen. So you check Nikki's podcast out. And of course, check out the book, Market Your Genius. And Nikki, where can we connect with you and follow your work? Wow. So I have the best place for you guys to go. And it is NikkiNash.co forward slash magic. And the reason for that is because on this page, it'll not only show you where you can find me on social media, as well as the book, but I have some cool free offerings on the page, including, you know, uh, I think it's 52 content prompts that I have on that one and some other gifts that help you build a marketing plan and, and get out into the world and meet more people and share your message with more people. So if you go to NikkiNash.co forward slash magic, then you can access all that. And that's where the magic is. I Absolutely. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. And listeners, I'll put that in the show notes. So if you need a link, you'll be able to find it. Well, what a great conversation, Nikki, your, your energy, your smile, your insights, always appreciated. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This is always fun. I love hanging yeah. out with you, Mark. <laughs> oh, great. Well, and listeners, come back again for our next episode. Today, we've touched down in New York and stamped our creative passport to talk to Nikki Nash. But we're going to continue our around the world journeys to talk to creative practitioners about how they get inspired and then how they organize their ideas and gain the confidence and make the connections to launch their work out into the world. And that's what our world of creativity is all about. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson. We'll see you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast, using Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better unlocking your world of creativity.